0: Here lately, the Lord has been, um, I was praying this, um, over the petty Sunday. They went to go minister at a church in Louisiana and the week before I'd I'd spoken a word over him and the week before the Lord had showed me this word. And then I, and then I was praying this over them Sunday that, that not only would they go to impregnate the atmosphere with the word of the Lord, but that they will also help to bring birth to what has been already pregnant in that atmosphere. Let me give some language to what that means. What I'm seeing is that, guys, that there's going to be some things we're going to do on a daily basis when we're in the heart of God, walking with God, that he's going to use us to birth some things in people's lives. Maybe it's a word he gives you for someone at Walmart. Or maybe it's a word he gives you for someone at your workplace or you pray for someone. But, but the Lord, he, he, that's why, let me say it like this, that's why the enemy, <laughs> with everything he has, right, that's why, uh, let me say this, that's why abortion is still like the number one death in the world, because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But, but you see, the Lord's heart is for birthing. The Lord's heart is for life. And I believe that that as believers, we have to come to a place to where we are sowing into the world around us, to where we're sowing truth and life and a seed that is going to birth the heart of God in someone's life. I know we all have testimonies of things we could share. I want to share this one. I went to a pastor's prayer meeting. It was about a year or so ago. And the Lord gave me a word for the pastor's. It was a word. It was, it was simple. I said, hey, I see you guys. It was to his wife. He was right there. And I said, hey, man, I have a, a word for your wife. He said, okay. And I said, I see you. You're teaching the people of this church how to, and it was a, um, oh, my gosh, Methodist church. I don't remember what kind of, it was like something like that. And so they were kind of new to prophecy. But I said, I hear the Lord saying that you're going to teach the men and women of this church how to pray. Like, not just like, oh, Lord, we love you, but I mean like warfare, intercessory type prayer. And I said, do you really, do you know what that is? And the lady's like, I mean, not really. I, I pray. And so I, I began to kind of help her a little bit about just prophetically praying and getting God's heart and, 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 and kind of warfare prayer and, and, and intercession. And she was like, man, I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. Literally, she texts me the next week with a picture of them meeting at a spot in their church where they were already teaching people how to intercede and pray. Immediately that prophetic word birthed a new ministry in this church. And there's been other times Pastor Mary's church where we've we've gone into this place and and we released a word that literally shaped their entire leadership team. There's been other times where where I've heard testimonies of those going into Walmart and all these other places and speaking a word of the Lord over someone and they're birthed into something new. They're birthed into the kingdom. They give their hearts to Jesus or they're birthed into a ministry. You ever prophesied over someone? They're like, man, I've been praying to the Lord about that. I used to to teach and this, that, and the other and it's been on my heart lately to hold a Bible study and you just prophesied over that. Man, I, I see the Lord awakening just a teaching anointing in your life. Guys, it's, 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 we can sow into people's life to cause a birthing, but at the same time, we can go into an atmosphere and help birth what has already been pregnant in that area. This is the beauty of carrying the culture of heaven, is that we can step into a place and say, hey, not only am I going to sow, but I'm going to help. I'm going to help you to reap. See, it's not just that we're to sow, but also to help individuals reap. When Ashley was up here and we were praying for it just reminded me of that it just reminded me guys that, that like you know birth is hard I've seen three babies be, uh, born my three children I've seen all three of our, my children being born and guys and for you mamas in here it's not pretty birth is not pretty it's not like you seen those movies where husbands like pass out in the like I like gross stuff so I'm like man this is so cool I'm like asking the doctor, can I hold that? Can I do this? It's not pretty. Birth is not, birthing is not pretty. And, and in our walk with the Lord, you know, as Ashley was up here, and we were praying for her, I just felt that. I was like, you know, when you're called to birth something of the Lord, it's not going to be pretty. And, you you know, the symptoms of, of pregnant women was like fatigue, right? You feel tired. You know, you got like all this up here. You can't move the way you once moved. You're eating differently. Things are going into you that are differently. There's a lot of different things that happen when when, when you're birthing something. And I think this is what the Lord is trying to bring his church into because we can fight against the birth of the Lord. Like we can fight against what God is wanting to birth in our lives. I believe that's the way that the calling of God is actually, um, uh, doesn't become executed, is that we ourselves abort the call of God in our life. Think about that for a second. Like, we can truly abort the call of God in our life. Now, he's never going to stop loving us. But there may be a calling that we have that we fight against. Birthing, we don't want to do it, God. I don't want that. I'm not all about that. We begin to see that thing, that calling, that, that whatever, that thing that, that God was wanting birth in our life, it's, it's now aborted. I believe that there are things God has been wanting to do in our county, in our city, and in our region for thousands and thousands of years. In this area, He's been wanting to do for so long. And over time, there's been generation after generation after generation after generation. That didn't want to pay the price to go after that. But I believe that this generation of the church, this generation of believers, that we're willing to pay a price to say, God, whatever it takes, we want to see your will birthed. What does that look like? Talk to the Lord. What does that look like in your life? Is it, is it a ministry? Is, is it just you know, something even simpler is that you just, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna wake up every morning at 5 in the morning just to spend time with you. It's a sacrifice, I know, because I'm used to waking up at 9, but I'm going to wake up at 5, and I'm going to spend time with you for 30 minutes. But what are you wanting to birth? I'm wanting to birth a prayer life in you. I'm wanting to birth a hunger in you. I'm wanting to birth the knowledge of a sacrifice in you. Not only are we called to sow, but we're also called to help people reap. And this is the beauty of it. (laughs) This is why we talk about changing the culture in the world around us, right? By allowing the Lord to use us everywhere and anywhere that we are. And one of my favorite things to always say, giving God your yes, means that you're coming into an agreement with God interrupting your daily life. That's the truth. Like giving God your yes, that's what you're doing. You're saying that, God, like, this is what I'm in agreement with. I'm in agreement with you interrupting my daily. I'm, interrupt- I- I'm in agreement with you birthing whatever it is that you want to birth in my life. <laughs> and the cool thing about all this is that it's easy. It's easy. I remember when, when we had Kyla. It took forever for her to be birth. Is it Kyla or Izzy? Which one was it? it? Seemed to take forever. I think it was Kyla maybe. It took forever. And I began to think about this and and, and I was like, man, it's like it took forever. And then you hear these other pregnancy stories where it was like it was it was simple. Like bloop there we go, got a baby. Who is easier, Izzy or Kyla? Kyla. that's okay, so it was Izzy. okay. Yeah, Kyla man. She's crazy. She was ready to come out and rule the world. But, Mamas, you can probably think to yourself, like, man, this pregnancy, if you have multiple children, this pregnancy was tough, but this pregnancy was easier. And I think that with our walk with God, he wants to make it daily. He wants to make it easy. The vision that I had, this is what I wanted to get to. All the birthing stuff was free. We talked about birthing in church tonight. You know, one thing uh pick it on ashley again we were praying for her and one thing we prayed over her you know because you know babies get nutrients you know what you put in and i was like man like what we put in or what goes out or what we sow in these are like nutrients to the things that we're birthing in the kingdom of god these are the things that you know nutrients and things that that birthing or that that thing needs so sunday for example when the petties went to louisiana my heart and my prayer was that when they went to that place, that they would literally rock that church to where when they left that church, it's was like, that's exactly what we needed. Anytime we go and we minister at a church, I'm always like, Lord, when we go in here, I don't even want to preach a good word. I just want everybody to be like, this is exactly what we needed to keep moving forward. To help them to birth something not just impregnate the atmosphere with the prophetic words of the Lord, which is great, but to be able to help them birth something. All right, so this, this vision I had. We were in the back and uh, we were singing that song Brick by Brick. Well, no, it was, on, it was playing on the, uh, on the computer. And over and over again, I kept singing those lines. You made a way for me to enter the holy place. I am yours and you are mine. You made a way for me. You made a way for me. And I just kept thinking, man, you made a way for me. Like you made a way for me. Like like, I think about the, you know where I was, we can all think about where we've come from, and this is the beauty of the goodness of God, is that while we were yet enemies and sinners, while we were yet against God, He was always making a way. What does the Bible say while we were yet sinners? While we were yet sinners, what is it? Christ died. Think about it like this. While you were yet rebellious and against God, he was thinking of a master plan to get closer to you. That's how good God is. He wasn't thinking. He already had it set in stone. Let's get our theology right. My bad. He wasn't like, hmm, he already had it. Before the beginning of time, he already had a plan to get close to his sons and daughters like never before. But think about how good that is. That should relieve the pressures of you on a daily basis of thinking you have to perform for the Father. That should alleviate your daily to where you think you have to to work to get in God's good graces. Is that while you were yet a sinner, rebellious, running from God, backbiting, while you were yet in that mindset, operating like that, he said, you know what? I can't wait to tear that veil to be close to them. So while you were running from God, He was right behind you. We were talking about that a moment ago, right? How amazing that God that you're free from addictions and all that. I still remember that first time you were up here, man. And to see you from where you are here to now, the growth. You're praying over us. You're prophesying over us. You're encouraging us. But you remember those addictions. And even in those addictions, God still made a way for you to be close to him. So in this vision... As I was singing that, you made a way for me, because he made a way. I saw a vision of Jesus opening that door right there, that hallway door. And this is what he said He said, You never have to break a sweat to enter my presence, you never have to strive to be in relationship with me. And then he said, I want you to walk in a torn veil relationship. I was like, man, it's so beautiful because, yeah, I'm seeing Jesus. But even more than that, he's given me instruction on how to live. He's given me instruction on how to live. And so, you know, you hear and in prophetic circles, you hear a lot of times people say, we're praying for strategy. Anybody else ever heard that? If you run in the prophetic circles, we're praying for strategy, the strategy of God. I love that. I'm all about the strategy. God, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? I love that. But there's no greater strategy than understanding that God has made a way for you to easily, easily access the throne room of God. There's nothing else that we need as believers than the ease of being able to walk into the presence of God with boldness and with courage. Understanding the grace of God is there. The mercies are new every morning and that the compassion of God is with us. This is what I'm going to close with. Like I said, I don't want to be long here. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. I'm going to first read it in the Amplified Version. It says, For it is not your strength, but it's God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, to strengthen, energize, and create in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose. For it is God's strength, not yours, that is effectively working in you, giving you the ability to fulfill his purpose. The New Living Translation says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And this is the ease of it all. My sister sent me this picture long ago, or the other day from long ago. And I was opening up the PlayStation 1. And it was a picture of me standing right in front of it. I had on some orange shirt, shorts, and I think I had on, like, a UT shirt. And suddenly, I was just flooded with memories. Like, man, I remember whenever I opened that, because I had peeked. I already knew I was getting it. Well, I didn't peek at the PlayStation. I, I had an extra controller. So I was like, oh, we're getting a PlayStation. So I just I just knew. <clears throat> and so I remember opening it. I remember, all, I remember all this stuff. And it's like, man, how amazing. Like, we didn't have a ton of money when I was a kid, but my parents always blessed us with gifts. It was, it was beautiful. We got like, you know, one big gift. Remember now how that is. You, know, you get one, everybody gets one big gift. That's how we work. But I was like, man, looking at that picture, I was like, that was a free gift given by my parents to me for nothing that I did. I didn't, I didn't work for it. I didn't do chores for it. Like that was a free gift. And this is the beauty of the Lord is that he longs to give you a gift not of anything you could ever do. He's not in heaven with a checklist saying, all right, Jesse, you did this, you did this right, and you did this. Okay, here you go. Now you can step into my presence because you've done everything right. This is not the will of the Lord. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That word is translated literally to satisfaction. This is what we talked about. It translates to the word satisfaction, which means that you fulfill God's expectations. The word satisfaction breaks down in the original term to mean satisfaction. And that's what we're going to end on is understanding that he is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him because he is satisfied with you. How amazing is that? He is giving you the desire and the power. He's giving it to you. How much of an injustice is it as as the body of Christ to look at something God is giving us and say I don't want that? How much of an injustice it is for us to walk around saying that I can't please God, I can't do anything right, I keep failing, I keep screwing up, God doesn't love me, God doesn't want me. Man, that's just that's so much wrong thinking, it's not even right. You know what I mean like And a lot of times we can have these thoughts because of our parents. I know Karen's testimony, she talks about her mom and how her mom abandoned her when they were kids. And she, you know, she talked about how growing up, and and it's like you look at these things, and, and, and to see where she's at now relying on the father. She could have every intention to be mad at the world because her mom left her as a young girl. She could have, you know, but instead it's like, no, I know that God has given me. The power to do what pleases him. I know that he is thrilled with me. And in that knowledge and understanding, you begin to walk in the calling of the Lord. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. I want to encourage you guys, because it was in the flow of what we were talking about, the ease. Oh, look at the pretty colors. <laughs> Glory. Huh? <laughs> yes, Jesus. We get yep, he's saying, see the promises of God, right? Um, I just wanted to equip you guys with that and encourage you with that, is that this walk with the Lord, that he's going to give you everything necessary, everything necessary to live in the will and the calling of, of what he's calling you into. He's going he's to give you everything that you need. We just read it. We just talked about it. Begin to understand it. Now we pray for the revelation to truly, truly grasp us so that we can walk in it. Because as we always talk about, it's one thing to know. It's a whole other thing to actually position yourself in something and walk it out. You see what I'm saying? You get that? Because a lot of times in the church, it's like, I know. How many times have you ever minister to someone and they're like, I know. And then they like fall away. You're like, you said you knew. Like, what do you mean? Like You just told me. I've seen that happen so many times. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. And it's like, you know, like. It's so much more than that, guys. It's not just the knowledge of it. It's positioning yourself in that truth and walking it out. So position yourself in the truth that God is giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. All right? Let that equip and let that sink in. Let's pray. God, you're good. Lord, I thank you. <laughs> Jonathan, what were the words of that song? What, what, how did, what, was it, what were you just saying? Uh, the ease of the torn veil. <laughs> Let that wash over you. Oily. More oil than a mechanic shop. <laughs> more, oil than, more oil than an olive garden. More oil than a preteen's face. <laughs> the ease of the torn veil. God, I pray that we be a people that walk in the ease of the torn veil. relationship over religious organization. God, we, we, we pray that we be a people that daily are walking in the ease and the revelation of knowing that you, that you're giving us the power and the desires to do what please you, God, and that on a daily basis that you look at us, Father, and we're not just the apple of your eye, but we fulfill your expectation. Lord, give us the understanding of revelation, God, to where we know that the bride is done, adorned in the whitest of whites and in the best jewels. God, so I prophesy over this body of believers that we will not be satisfied. We will not be satisfied with going through our day, not fulfilling the calling that you've given us. But God, instead, we would be longing to birth the kingdom of God and to help birth in other people's lives what it is that you're calling them into. So Lord, I just anoint every individual in this place with the ease of the torn veil. And God, if there's ever a moment where we feel like we have to work and we have to strive and we have to do a bunch of stuff to get into your presence, God, may we repent and remember the ease of the torn veil. Guys, we love y'all so very much. We'll see you Sunday, 1030. Ashley, take it away.
1: I'm nervous. Johnny told me I was gonna do this and I'm like, "Mm, am I... Um, So, I know that the things that I struggle with are the things that um, God has given me authority over. So, for me personally, something that I have struggled with in the past is the orphan spirit wants me. I I grew up an orphan, basically. My dad was homeless, living on the streets, drug, alcohol problems. My mom, basically the same thing, just not as homeless because she always had sugar daddies. But... Um, something you said, and it kind of struck me, like, my mother didn't want to pay the price of being a mother. And so, what the Lord was speaking to me was, one of the things with an orphan spirit is, you had mentioned to me, like, he was giving me authority over loneliness. And that's part of that, that orphan spirit is feeling like you don't fit in, feeling like you don't belong, feeling like you're alone. And so, in that moment, he spoke to me, and Jesus, I want to partner with you, God, I don't want to say anything that you aren't saying, Jesus, so right now, we just release Destiny Church as having authority over the orphan spirit, God, and we prophesy, sons and daughters come, that you are raising up a church of mothers and fathers who are going to break off that orphan spirit, Jesus, that sons and daughters are going to come and they're not, even, they're not going to just be sons and daughters, that the sons and the daughters will grow into the mothers and the fathers, and that over this area, the generational orphanness, that is over this area, it stops now with Destiny Church. We, <laughs> let your will be done, Jesus. We release it right now, and we call the sons and the daughters home, Jesus. Amen.